Hello, and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people who have overcome real challenges and are making our world better because of it. They have taken life's lemons and are making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Addie. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you, and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I am a mom to uh, two little boys, a three-year-old and an eight-month-old, and I am a transformational speaker. I just have all of these things that I'm doing, and yeah, just living life as a mom. Crazy, busy, <laughs> you know? Yes. Going through every day, so... Yeah, that's awesome. And with littles too, that makes you even crazier and busier. But I've got to hear your lemon to lemonade story. Does it have anything to do why you're the speaker now? So take me back and tell me what happened. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was, I got married and was so ready. Like everything was perfect. I'm ready to start my life. I, we had been high school sweethearts. So we had been together for quite some time and we were just so ready to have our kids, you know, get, get our life really going. And a month after my wedding, we, um, got a call that my mom was in the hospital and growing up, she was a drug addict my entire life. And I was always taking care of her, taking care of my siblings, taking care of everybody else. So thinking that it was, I had gotten married and I was ready to have my own life was almost this joy. Like I'm so excited. And then it all just came crashing down when she, we got the call a month later that she was in the hospital. And I just remember being like almost mad. My brother was on a mission for our church and my little sister was only 12 years old. So I was kind of the, the caregiver, the give all and to not be able to start my family because of this roadblock. I was like, I was pretty upset. I was just angry almost. And I have gotten, we had gotten many, many calls in my whole life. So I was like, oh, another hospital call. What's going to happen now? But little did I know that that was going to be the day that she passed away. It actually, a lot of people wonder if it was an overdose. And actually she had a infection through her body and leading up to my wedding, even the few months before she had always just been super, super sick, very, very sick. And we always wondered like, okay, you know, we always thought, oh, it's the drugs. It's whatever, you know, whatever she's doing. It actually, what it was, was her body was in sepsis and she had just had all these infections and it was starting to just kill her ultimately. So by the time we got the call that she was in the hospital, I had a different feeling this time. I was like, I know that this, of all the calls we've gotten, I think this is it. Something's different. Something's up. I just have a feeling that this is something's not okay. So we go up to the hospital and by the end of the day, I, um, I was the next of kin. So I had to make the decision to pull life support and let her go. The infection had gotten too far into her body. By the end of that, I just really went spiraling. I had gone into this deep depression, deep, deep, just feeling of loneliness and felt like I I wasn't ready to start my family. I had just gotten married. I was so ready to do everything. And having that kind of hit me, I was like, oh my gosh, this, what do I do now? And so for the next few months, like 
I just went, tried to go through this healing process and gone to therapy, had done all these things for myself. And it just wasn't, wasn't working. It wasn't, I wasn't healing in the way that I should. And we eventually bought our house. I became pregnant with my first son. We knew that we wanted a big family. And so we just started getting ready to start our family. And I was not in the right headspace at that time. I thought that I was ready to really start my family. And I thought I was. But then I had my baby and postpartum depression hit. I wasn't healed from my mom. I wasn't healed from my whole childhood, everything leading up to it. So I just, when that, when I had my baby and it hit me that my mom wasn't there to help me, that depression just sunk even worse. It just, I was in the lowest of my ditches and I just got to the point that I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I don't have my mom here. I don't know how to raise a baby, you know, all the trials of motherhood. And I remember sitting there with a dear friend and she was complaining that she didn't have her or that her mom um, couldn't watch her baby while she, so, so she could go get her nails done. And I remember sitting on the ground, on the ground, changing a poopy bum, fully depressed, just in my darkest place. And she's sitting there complaining that her mom can't watch her baby to go get her nails done. And I remember looking at her and uh, like, I was pissed. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like you have your mom, you should feel so good. Like, and I went through this resentment of everybody. Like, why are you complaining about that? And she looked at me and she said, you need to stop with this self-pity. You wouldn't let your mom help you if she was here anyways. And in that moment, I was like, oh, that was brutal. <laughs> that was so rude. But then things went on. Life went on. Days of motherhood went on. And nothing was changing for me. I was still in my darkness. I was still blaming everybody else. I was still angry at everybody else when it was nobody else's fault. And I kept replaying in my head what she had said to me. And it really, I, as I started going through a self-healing journey and really developing myself and focusing on me, I looked at what she said in a different perspective. I thought, oh my gosh, that's so true. I, I wouldn't let my mom help me when she was here. I, I, I would have let her see my kids obviously, but would I have trusted her to be with them without me? No. And so ultimately it came down to the fact of quit playing victim and quit doing all, saying all of these things and letting everybody else hear you and just self-pity and all these things. And so I finally just started really, what do I need to do to change myself? And what do I need to do to bring it all back to me and take the accountability because I was stuck on playing victim. I was constantly just blaming everybody else when ultimately it was my mom that made the decisions that she made to not be here. But I was still using that as my excuse. Even when I was trying to better myself and do all these things, I still was like, well, it's nobody else. It was my mom. But it, it still, it, it ended up coming back to me. It ended up coming to this point of what is going on? How do you fix it? Like, how do you take the accountability? And over that time of going to therapy, doing everything that I needed to do to better myself, I finally just stopped. It literally was just like a, 
that moment talking to my friend and her saying that to me was ultimately the game changer, my pivotal point, even though it took me some time to realize it, that really, once I put in a perspective of what she was talking about, that was my turning point. And it was almost like my slap in the face of pull yourself out of that ditch because you're the only one that can do it. And so I started developing my, what I call my self method. And um, it's all about bringing everything back to yourself. And when I had gone through that and had gone through all of the trials and everything, I started looking back on my life of everything that I have gone through. And because no, I mean, nobody has an easy life, right? But there were so many things with my life that I could be on the streets myself. I could have been doing all these things and not have had the life that I wanted. As I started having my kids, I'm like, I never want to have them go through what I went through. So how do I make that change? How do I end up ultimately doing it for them? But also in order to do it for them, I've got to be the best version of myself because I can't give them the best life if I'm not good myself. And if I'm not happy because they'll, you can put on a happy face, you can do all the fun things, but they feel it. They know if you're not okay. And so regardless of everything that was going on, I'm like, I have got to take care of myself. And I went through this big thing of, oh, but I can't go to this because that's selfish. And I don't have anybody to watch my kids. And I kept spiraling on this this again, the self-pity of, I don't have help. Well, how can I go do self-care if I don't have the help, if I don't have babysitters? How how am I going to go do that? And it just kept spiraling. And I just decided, okay, knock it off, pull yourself out and take care of it for you. And so I, as I developed my self-method, I, and all the self-method is you have to start with setting yourself free setting yourself free of everything that has been written for that narrative for you, really letting go and setting yourself free of what you think your life is supposed to look like because of your upbringing or because of everything that you've told yourself. You don't have to hold on to that because of everything that you've gone through. And with that, once I finally set myself free, I realized I have got to feel these emotions, feeling the emotions. So the E is embracing your emotions. And until you really feel what you've gone through and feel everything that has made you write that narrative or go through those feelings, you're going to suppress them forever. And it's never going to, you're never going to be fully healed because you've suppressed them. And then you'll get into that moment, like the postpartum depression, and you'll think you're healed, but then you get in that moment and your kid knocked over the whole gallon of milk and you lose your temper. And it's like, (laughs) you, what, like, I thought that I was healed. Why did I just have this big meltdown (laughs) over spilled milk? Like you go through all these things. And so really taking the time to once you've set yourself free, do the things that you need to do to heal yourself, feel those emotions, embrace them, let them into your body and go to therapy, go do the things that you think that you can do to get through that. Once you've done that, let it go, let go. You're still going to, there's days that I miss my mom. Of course, every single day, there's days that I feel like I'm not a good enough mom. Everybody has mom guilt. 
but I have to let it go because I know that I've done what I need to do to be the mom that I'm going to be and to create the life for my kids that I want them to have. And also like a big thing that comes with it is letting like let go and let them let people think whatever they want to think because people are going to look at me and be like oh man she her life is a mess she doesn't have any help she's got all these things going on but ultimately like i know what i'm doing for my kids and that everything that i've done is for the better good and for creating that life that i never had and I've had to let go of what people think because that will just drag me down. And then the F is finding your fulfillment. When you take care of yourself, really, and that's ultimately, you know, the lemon to your lemonade story is finding what enlightens you and finding what brings that fulfillment to your life. And for me, it was, I always had this drive to help others. And I knew being a caregiver my entire life growing up and taking care of my siblings, my mom, and now going straight into taking care of my kids, I never took care of myself. And so I needed to find something for me and being able to really go speak to audiences, be a public speaker, do things on when I'm out and about with friends or whatever, just being that person to really enlighten people and have a good fun time is what fulfills me. And I think when I'm my best self and when I use my self method, I can be that best self, uh, that best version of me and really go into giving people and my family the life I want and the life for myself and that I want and really just being that best version of yourself and fulfilling your life. Nice. So nice. No, that's, yeah. I I love your self acronym. I think that is beautiful. I'm going to think you. of that in the future, just being like, I mean, we're taking care of ourselves, but there's these aspects of doing that. And so what is your lemonade now? What are you doing now? I am working on, I, it's not in the works yet, but I eventually like, I want to write my, a book and be able to help people. But currently right now I'm speaking on stages. I will be speaking at an event in October that I'm super excited about and just really creating the life that I've wanted and being there for my kids and being a good mom. And it makes me feel good when I feel good. Like it makes me feel good when I do things for them. And really just getting to help others because like I said, like I've always grown up as a caregiver and wanting to do those things. So now that I can take all of the hardships in my life and turn them into something good to be able to not only better my life and my children's life, but be able to help other people. That's huge for me. That's like the ultimate goal of, because the fulfillment of helping others and telling others, you, you know, you don't have to have somebody die to really focus on your life or you don't have to go through like, and not necessarily have somebody pass away, but you don't have to be in your deepest of ditch to take care of yourself and to better your life. And I think that my ultimate thing has just been what fulfills me is being able to help others and help others understand that they are worthy and they are 
capable of being their best selves. And when you have your cup filled, then you can go ahead and fill everybody else's cup. Right. So that's, I, that's what helps me. Yeah. I like, I like the way you say it. you don't have to really wait until somebody dies and you have to, you know, get to the lowest of lows. You can work on yourself and improve things anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great advice. So if somebody is struggling right now, you know, kind of in that depression or that lowest of lows, like you, you described you were in, you know, what is something, maybe what's a first step or something you would say to them? Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people just when they're in that ditch and when they're in that darkest of times, they think that this is it. They don't see a future. They don't see any forward for themselves. They, they think this is it. And And I was there, I was there, you know, you get into this moment of like, it's not even worth it. Why would I, nothing great is looking ahead for me. Why would I even do anything to better myself? And I just want to say like, it does get better coming from, you know, sitting in that hospital room with my mom thinking like, my life is over, like, this is it. But then I had my babies. And even though I had gone through that postpartum depression and really dealt with that sadness, look at where I'm at now. Like it, I wouldn't have them if my life was over. You know what I mean? Like you, when you're in that deep moment, you really just can't see forward. And I think it's, you've got to, whether you see, you know, a year from now, or you see, what can I do later today? What can I do today to pull myself out? And if it's just getting up and going and getting in the bubble bath, the, it doesn't have to be this big thing to pull yourself out of the darkness. You don't have to go through this big, like, oh, I'm perfect. I'm better. I'm happy every single day. You just go take a bath. If that's something that makes you feel better, do self-care is like the ultimate biggest thing to pull yourself out. So if you don't think that you can get to the point of seeing what your life's going to look like in a year, Take a step back and think what it's going to look like in 10 minutes or an hour or by the end of the day. And if doing something like taking a bath is all that you can do that day, you've made progress. And no matter what happens, it's all about just taking care of yourself because in the long run, once you're good, then you can live the life that you want to live. Right. Right. I think that is the best advice we can do is to just stop and not worry too much about tomorrow or even the next hour, or especially worry about yesterday and just be in the moment and savor it and decide what can I do right now in this moment to keep going forward, to have a little hope, to have a little enjoyment, to have a little gratitude or something in your life right now that you can do. Yeah. And absolutely. How long ago was this? This wasn't that long ago. He passed in 2019, January yeah. of 2019. So yeah, I was it, sitting there kind of doing the math. I'm like, wait, it couldn't have been more than a, like four years ago. So oh yeah, I goodness. got married in December of 2018 and she passed in January of 19. So oh. I don't feel like it's fresh anymore, but it's definitely still there. Still new. Yeah, yeah, still very still new. new. Hasn't been that long. And I think that's an amazing lesson you've learned from this. Instead of being bitter and angry, you have just learned how to elevate your life. And yeah. that's an amazing gift that you've been given to be able to do that. Cause that would be really hard to not feel resentful and just not feel that anger and disappointment and all those things that I, you, you did feel, you know, in the beginning of just right. um, depressed and angry. And I just, I'm glad you didn't stay there. Yeah. I, I think in the end it, 
it all is up to us. We're the only ones that can change our own lives. So, right. That's right. And I'm sad that your mom missed out on that. Like, I, it sounds like she was not well, she wasn't doing well. And yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You lost your mom. That's hard. Were you living with her until you got married or was she? No, I, um, I was only able to see her with supervised visits and she was in and out of jail. There was a couple of times that I had to call and put her into jail and I went out and lived on my own um, when I was like 19, I want to say. And so I I tried living with her after I graduated high school for six months mm. and it did not work out. I thought I thought that it would be good time for us together one on one. And it was quite scary. So mm. I ended up moving out on my own and got my own little teeny not good apartment, but it was what I could afford at 19. <laughs> yeah. So did you, were you raised by your dad then or another family member? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was raised by my dad, my stepmom and my grandma, which is actually my mom's mom was very, very active in our life. She was the secretary of our elementary school, me and my brother. And oh. so we you saw her all the time. School and yeah. You had great influences in your life and you're, you're doing, you're carrying that on. So thank you for yes. that. I appreciate it. This has been such a treat to get to know yes. you and hear your story. And I'm so glad to see what you're doing now, what you're teaching and speaking about to encourage and uplift others. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun and I love doing what I do. So thank you again for having me. Yeah. Keep speaking. Keep, keep doing it. I, the world needs it. So we need to encourage yes. people to hang in there one more day. So yeah, I'm glad Thank you, you did too. <laughs> you Thank know? you. Me too. You're still here. Well then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. I know that there's something that I need to do with my life and helping others. And growing up, I had always wanted to go into like helping the families of people that suffered with addiction because I knew what it was like to be in the shoes of the family members. And I, I, I never knew exactly how to do that or what. And so I'm like, speaking is something that I can do. I know that I, with all of the speaking I want to do and helping people, I know I've got to get out there. So just thank Perfect. you for giving me the opportunity and being so willing. Thank you. Oh, I wish you all the best. Keep keep speaking. That's a good job. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that I got to meet you and actually talk. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.